say, are you leading the service from behind the piano? Yes. Okay. Well, we hope well, the rest of us will be careful not to accidentally lean on it too much. <laughs> Good morning and uh, welcome to our worship at Hillhead Baptist Church for the third Sunday of Advent. Our worship this morning is led by Neil. In family news, we were really pleased to hear that Joyce Craig is home from hospital and she's recovering well from her operation. Our midweek conversation group meets as usual on Tuesday on Zoom at seven o'clock. This week would be a good one to join if you haven't been able to be with us during Advent as we've not all read the same thing or anything like that. Instead, we will be reflecting on Advent and the end of the year in a space for listening. Um, for those of you who don't know what that means, I'll send out a wee explanation and I'll send out the link today so that you all have it if you want to join us. The coffee club will meet at 10.30 on Wednesday um, and instead of meeting at Esquire House, they're meeting at Barbara Fisher's home for coffee carols and mince pies. And a reminder that next Sunday and on Sunday the 31st, we will gather on Zoom only as unfortunately there was no room for us in the inn. Um, our worship next week will be led by Graeme Meeklejohn. These are all our notices. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, and we light the third Advent candle. And now we stand as we are able to sing our first hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
let us come before God in prayer. We come with joy, longing to see again the Christ who is born among us and to worship him who is your son, full of grace and truth. You sent Jesus into our commonplace world, born in poverty, found in a stable by those who sought him. We pray that we may find him in what is ordinary and earthly, in this community of our friends and families, and in the familiar story that we tell again. Lord, amidst the noise of a busy world, we come before you in the peace of this place. We reflect that you know us completely and are aware of all our thoughts because you are truth and light. We confess and bring before you the times when we have got things wrong and made mistakes. We pray that we might see ourselves as we really are. Lord, give us the patience and the wisdom to know how to handle difficult situations. We pray that we might listen to what you are saying to us here today through your word, through the words of praise and through random thoughts. Give us listening ears to hear what you might be saying directly to us through the voices of others in what appear to be everyday conversations and that we would not be deafened by our own prejudices and well-worn routines. Help us to remember what you will have us remember and to forget what you will have us forget. Lord, in a world focused on pleasure but impoverished of joy, lead us to discover, experience and model your deep gladness in our lives. And we join together in the Lord's Prayer in whatever language comes naturally. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us remain seated as we sing Once in Royal David's City.
well, what have we here? Nobody knows. <laughs> it really is a beautiful train, this one. And it's got all sorts of bits, or it had at one time. It had a bell that went ding, ding. Surprising like the front, and I only discovered this yesterday, it had the remains of a bellows, a cloth bellows, which you can see from below, or at least the people online can see it, and uh, that would have a hooter that would go hoot, hoot. Then something that I discovered again yesterday was, it looks a bit like burnt toast in a toaster. If you look down here, uh, again, the folk online are the ones that can see it, there is what is the remains of black rubber. And I am told that when the train was new, with this crank mechanism here, um, the bellows would go puff, 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 puff. So it was quite a train with all the noise, and of course very educational, because it teaches you that sharp metal uh, corners are extremely dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> there is no plastic on it. And uh, it's even got the connecting rods and the pistons here, and it's a beautiful train. Now, uh, once upon a time, it's a story, I don't know if it's true or not, but once upon a time there were twin girls aged six who were travelling on a train, a steam train, which we used to have, and to digress slightly, uh, some of the older folk may remember when steam would pour out of these bushes over here in the Botanic Gardens because, you see, steam trains ran under Great Western Road. And when I was a little boy, you would hear the hoot hoot and you would get the steam puffing up through these very bushes over there because it was a steam train with lots of smoke and fun. So, back to the girls. They were age six, they were travelling on a steam train. They were enjoying the journey the dark tunnels, a little bit afraid, but fun. Going over bridges near the sea, stopping at stations full of other children of their own age. But after a while, the other passengers were a bit concerned. Who's with these girls? They're only about six. Are they on their own? And so the train went along the track. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, puff-puff. Hoot, hoot, ding, ding, smoke and steam. Then someone asked them if they were on their own. One of the twins, who decided to play a little trick, twins always like playing tricks, don't they? Uh, one of the twins said, no, we're not alone. So who's with you? Our daddy is with us. Are you sure? When did you last see your daddy? Oh, we saw him just before the train left Queen Street Station, but he's with us. The other twin was fed up with this nonsense and said, you see, our daddy is the engine driver. <laughs> and that really is the message of what happened at Christmas. God joined us on our journey. As we go through life, we are not alone. We cannot directly see God in the same way as the twins could not see their dad on the train. But we know that he is with us on the same train at the good times and also maybe even more so in the bad. Just the same as the twin girls. We just know that God is there within ourselves, that he is there. Let us stand as we are able to sing about another similar journey.
Mary sang O praise. St Mary said, None lauds my soul the Lord, and my spirit stoons with joy in God my Saviour, because he has taken thought till his servant is honmaid, O licht degree. And behold, frae this time forth he forever and aye, mankind will call me blessed. Great things he has done for me, him at his mighty Haley is his name, and from age till age his mercy bides on them at fearsome. He has wrought mighty deeds with his wishful arms, he has spared the haley in heich, and thoch prut thochs in their hearts. He has dung he princes doon frae their thrones, and he stopped the hummel and leich. He has gained the hungersome, their full of good fearing, and driven the gary and gehert. He has helped Israel his servant, say mindful he was always mercies, e'en as he hecht our fair fathers, Abraham and his seed, for ever and aye. Mary bade we her friends three months, bless her mere, and sin gave back to her in him. The most useful button on the remote control is fast forward. You can quickly travel through the adverts and the bits that you're not interested in and get to the bit that you think matters. Now that's all very well with a television, but sometimes with the Christmas story, <clears throat> we tend to flick through the earlier bits wanting to get to the night at Bethlehem. And so our reading that Alistair read to us in Scots tells us about Mary and Elizabeth earlier on, before the birth of the two little boys. For the first time in my life, I've used the lectionary. Uh, I'd never heard of it until fairly recently. And I suppose the idea of the lectionary is to stop people preaching on something they're obsessed with or they like or they know about, and maybe to stop fast-forwarding over the bits that we don't want to preach on. So here we are with Mary's song of praise. Let's slow down a little bit, not fast forward over it and not rush. At this time, Mary and Elizabeth shared their common experience of pregnancy, trying to understand that these two babies, John the Baptist and Jesus, were to be very special. Mary's immediate response after the angel Gabriel, she hurried off. She wanted to share this news with her good friend and close relative, Elizabeth. This was a five-day journey to the Judean hills, and therefore it's not surprising that she spent three months with Elizabeth. And so 
There they were, they shared their excitement about these two coming births. That is such a very human thing to do, parents to be, staring into the great unknown, wondering, finding a strong common connection with other people who are pregnant, great hope and joy, tinged with knowing that sometimes things might not work out as hoped for. But as in all unknown things in life, it's good to have someone who's reliable and supportive and you can share the experiences all the more so when they're in the same situation. Perhaps it's in the ordinariness about his birth that we recognise most clearly the humanity of Jesus and how, like us, he became. God's son sent to share our lives, share God's love, share the train with us, joy and wisdom in this world. The greatest miracle in Bethlehem is that God became a human being. With Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah being the priest, Elizabeth and Zechariah would have spent most of their time in worship and in teaching. And therefore Mary, with the three months that she spent with them, would have learned so much from both of them. Mary would subsequently pass on so much of this to the very inquiring mind of Jesus. Meanwhile, Elizabeth would continue to instruct John the Baptist at the same time. The significance of Elizabeth has been overlooked too often. This story of Mary's song of praise is recorded by Luke. Now, Luke is the only New Testament writer who is not Jewish. He is a Gentile. He is also a doctor. And so much of this comes in to the passage. Luke is really the champion of the outsiders, people who find themselves on the outside looking in. Women, shepherds, Samaritans, the poor. Luke tells the story for all people who find themselves on the outside. Luke was a doctor, as I've already said, so he relates the story with a fair bit of medical detail and very much from the female point of view. Now, the reason for this is that the gospel account in Luke is centered very much on what happens in people's homes and it was in the home that women had influence. They had almost zero influence in public life, whereas Matthew tends to talk more about outdoor events from much more of a male point of view. I love the bit about Elizabeth's baby, John the Baptist-to-be, in the womb, jumping with joy. That's what it says, jumping with joy. And maybe Elizabeth even showing the wobbly skin kicks to Mary, and I'm sure they would both have had a good laugh at that. How did Mary suddenly burst into her song of praise for the ordinary girl? How would she suddenly be able to say all this? Well, there's a very simple answer to that question, that Mary's song of praise is a direct quote from Hannah. Now, if you need a little bit of memory prompt, Hannah was pregnant with the baby Samuel, and Samuel was the little boy in the temple to whom God spoke in the middle of the night. So Mary would have memorized the message, the song, if you like, of Hannah. Let's look at the timeline as recorded by Dr. Luke in his gospel. Elizabeth was six months pregnant when Mary went to visit her and stay for three months. So if you add six and three together, you get nine months, and it seems possible that Mary was at John's birth, maybe even probable 
given that Liz and Zach's conception difficulties and associated anxiety. Now, Joseph was a man away ahead of his time at the birth in Bethlehem, Joseph being the midwife, and his example being of a very involved father, continuing to influence Jesus as he grew up, in particular the way that Jesus recognized the importance of children and how much they can teach adults. Well, that's the first point. And the second and final point is, in Mary's song of praise, the bias towards the poor and disadvantaged and direct judgment of the rich. Yes, direct judgment of the rich. That's what it says. Mary said, God has stretched out his mighty arm and scattered the proud with all their plans. And he has brought down mighty kings from their thrones and lifted <coughs> up the lowly. Archbishop Oscar Romero of El Salvador often quoted, probably did not construct the words, but quoted them a lot. When I feed the poor, they call me a saint. When I ask why are they poor, they call me a communist. Soon after saying this, in 1980, he was gunned down at his own altar while celebrating mass, presumably paid for by right-wing extremists. Oscar Romero was very familiar with Mary's song, as it was often sung in his church in the form of the Magnificat. And obedience, and that's the key word here, and obedience to Mary's song of praise cost him his life. While we tend to think of the Christmas story as one of extreme joy, there is always a touch of bittersweet in the gospel message. Later on, at the dedication of baby Jesus in the temple, the old priest Simeon included these words, and sorrow, like a sharp sword, will break your own heart. Our faith is a joyous one, but not an escape from the harsh realities of life. Some of you will have read the latest edition of Christian Aid um, magazine. It spells out cases of corrupt political power and influence on the economic world. I'm reluctant to talk much about politics in sermons, but I'm willing to quote this magazine. These comments stem directly from Mary's song of praise about justice for the poor and the oppressed, and therefore the need for economic change. The latest Christian Aid magazine states the UK slashed aid to South Sudan by 59% in 2021, but the world's youngest country is facing crisis upon crisis and the UK government must step up its support. Christian Aid has some very direct criticism of recent government policy on going back on the UK Green Agreements made at COP26 here in Glasgow. And this past week, we heard the voice of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres in COP28 in Dubai, repeating again that the clock is ticking on global warming just like one of the Old Testament prophets, with disastrous consequences. Let's look again at these words from Mary. And he's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. Hot off the press and the ink still wet is the latest edition of Life and Work that I was reading yesterday. It has a most interesting article where our friend that's known to many of you, Molly Harvey, is describing her experience well over 60 years ago when she lay down in front of a gate at a nuclear 
submarine base. She refused to move. She was arrested. In court, she was found guilty and she was sentenced to a £150 fine. She refused to pay the fine. When asked why she had laid down in front of the gate, she said, I have two reasons for why I did it. As a Christian, I cannot allow people to be scorched and burnt alive by nuclear bombs. And the second reason is I work in the east end of Glasgow with people who are experiencing extreme poverty and we're wasting all this money when we think we don't have money to care for others. Mary to Molly. It's as simple as that. Mary to Molly. Molly took Mary's words seriously. There are groups of literal fundamentalists with the Bible, but with verses like these, they refuse to be fundamentally literal. A minister arrived at a church, so the story goes, I think it contains truth, posh church in Edinburgh, he arrived and he noticed on the carpet was broken glass and a little stone. Looking around, he drew the conclusion that an aide with a catapult had burst one of the stained glass windows. And whereas it had the angelic angel Gabriel and below it the words glory to God in the highest and on earth and peace and goodwill to men, the Ned's catapult had punched out some letters. So it now read glory to God in the high ST, in the high street. Now the minister possibly upset the fabric committee of the church by suggesting that the Ned had got it right and that in fact that was a pretty good message. Glory to God in the high street. You see, the stained glass window could only be read from the people who were already inside the church. And the minister thought that wasn't quite the way it should be. And so this Advent, let us remember these two women sharing their prenatal experiences, sharing their understanding of what was about to happen at this very dangerous and difficult point in history in all the mess and muddle of ordinary life. And let's take the full concentrated words of Mary without fast forwarding over the bits that we don't like. Amen. Kathy Galloway was a leader of the Iona community and uh, comparatively recently the leader of Christian Aid in Scotland. She wrote this hymn we will stand as we are able, and it seems to sum up so much of what we've been thinking about.
again let us come before God in prayer. Lord, we pray for people living in parts of the world being destroyed by war. People living in constant fear. Those who have lost close family and friends. Those who have lost everything and do not even have clean water and basic food. We know that with the frequency of images of destruction that we are in danger of becoming so used to it that we ignore it. In a gloomy world so full of despair, we pray for all those who can influence political decisions. In a world where hatred and a distorted view of the past leads to more violence, we pray for peace. And in this city of wealth and poverty, save us from seeking our own pleasure above our responsibility to others in need. Save us from seeking simplistic solutions to complex problems. We thank you for all who are devoted to helping others and to take a stance against the root causes of inequality. So this week we pray for some other Baptist churches. We pray for Westry in Orkney, Westwood Baptist Church in East Kilbride, and White's Causeway Baptist Church in Kirkcaldy. Lord, you came into the darkness of this world at a very dangerous time. You came to destroy despair and negativity and to be the light of the world. We pray that even with the background of so many problems in the world, that we would be people of joy and that this joy would not be extinguished by the reality of evil around us. So may we reflect the light of your love and be people of joy. Amen. We conclude our worship with our final hymn. We will stand as we are able.
as we leave this place of worship, may we continue to experience the joy of your presence. May we not be overwhelmed by darkness or despair. And may we continue to know and try to reflect the light that can never be extinguished. Amen. <laughs>